Hey listeners, welcome to the Clustercast, a filterless podcast on family travel. I am your co-host, Scott Lyons. And I'm Anna Lyons. And before we begin this episode, just a disclaimer, we wanted to say that this episode is about how we manage being sick abroad in honor of cold and flu season, if you mm-hmm. will. We want to be very, very clear that this is not medical advice or opinion. This episode is for entertainment purposes only. We are not medical professionals. This is just for fun. Please talk to your doctor if you have any questions about your health. All right. So on to the fun stuff. On to the fun stuff. Moving we, on. Got, we, the, got the legal stuff out of the way. We yeah. can now t- talk about our experiences. And we talk on the show a lot about how we try not to sanitize family travel and how it is really messy and how life keeps going even when you leave home. Right. There is no pause button or vacation mode for life. Right. It may be there for your email inbox or anything else, but your body doesn't necessarily get the memo and sometimes you can get sick. Or your kids get sick, so you get sick. Mm-hmm. And you're stuck in a foreign environment without your 24-hour Walgreens nearby. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's so fun. And most likely, it isn't some weird French pharmacy that is open th- for three hours a day. Yeah. We're going to be dunking pretty hard on the French pharmacies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... And you realize you're in deep when it comes to taking your family abroad. And now you know you're just going to prove your hater, great Aunt Betty, right when she said that you're going to die of tuberculosis if you left U.S. soil. So you're all sick and you have no idea what to do and you're about to prove <laughs> the haters right. It's just the worst. And it's the bad, worst. It's bad enough, though, when we're all at home and a cold or stomach bug rips through our family. But being in a foreign environment with weird washing machines and oh. goofy pharmacies really just takes it to a whole new level. Mm, I still remember washing like puke sheets in the weird washing machines. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's what this episode is about, how we survive being sick when we are away from home. We have learned everything the hard way from man colds to normal colds to strep throat to wicked stomach flus to broken knees we have been there and done that yeah absolutely and i think we mistakenly thought that we would have a pause button you know because when we traveled Mm -hmm. uh when we were a lot younger we just never got sick so it felt like we had the quote-unquote pause button it was also because it was just the two of us yep so maybe it comes with the territory of traveling with your children but We seriously have a somebody got sick on this trip story for almost every international trip we have ever taken. And those are fun stories after the fact. But Mm -hmm. actually, ironically, (laughs) in Mexico, nobody got sick. You're right. Well, I did say almost every international trip. Yeah. Um, Who knew in Mexico we'd be fine? (laughs) I mean, wow. Yeah. With the moldy coffee maker and the boys drinking the shower water. Mm, The shower, man. Mm -hmm. I remember the shower water. I would prefer to not think about it. But (laughs) weirdly enough, we were all fine. So, yeah. Go figure. We finally learned that there is no pause button. It took us a long time to catch on that there's not a pause button for our health. Yep. And that life will keep happening and you will get sick. And, and getting sick should just be something you count on, 
rather than consider as a fluke. Right. And I think that's kind of how we had always operated is like, oh, well, if we get sick or if someone it's fine, like we'll be fine if somebody Mm -hmm. gets sick. It's not a big deal. And we got a pretty harsh dose of reality the first time we took Charlie out of the country. And even then we didn't learn our lesson the first time. We still thought it was a fluke. Yep. Oh, man, that was horrible. Mm -hmm. We had just turned to. Sorry, we had just turned we, two. He had, well, it was our first two years of being parents. So, <laughs> That's true. you know, it works. He you had just, just turned two. Just roll with it. Just and go. we were we go. were in Paris visiting friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had left Charlie in the hotel room with your mom. And we were having a great time, like really enjoying an iconic Parisian night with friends. Oh, it was so. It was so good. Iconic. We had wine. Jeez. And the sparkly Eiffel Tower was like you could see it from their balcony and mm-hmm. their apartment. Like, uh, it was something out of a movie. It was magical. And then you're old. And Sacre Coeur was right there. Okay, and I'll the, stop. The magic was interrupted mm-hmm. when you got a call from your mom saying that Charlie had been throwing up repeatedly. Yeah. And I can tell from your mom's voice that this wasn't just a little spit up. And for her to actually call us on our then terrible mobile phone international minute plan. I mean, these were flip phones, guys. Yep. Yeah. That, that it must be bordering on an emergency. I think that was a $20 phone call right yep. there. So we knew. Anyway, we left our super fun night early. And we went back to the hotel. And sure enough, Charlie was this sad little shell of himself. Mm-hmm. And we tried to get everything as cleaned up as we could. I mean, we this was a quickie trip to Paris. This was not like we were settling in for a time. And so... Right, like I think it was had, three days. Yeah, four it's days. not like we had this big, huge Airbnb with like washing facilities and. Right. No, it was a so, tiny little Parisian hotel. In other words, a lot of things smelled like barf, mm-hmm. and there was no escape from it. No escape, except for this little tiny balcony. It was about five inches in depth, and I just remember shoving all the pillows and comforters out there and closing the door just so we could have a little break from the smell. <laughs> so. Anyway, we settled in for a long night of him puking on and off. And it was a little scary because we just weren't sure which direction it was going to go. Like, do we need to go to the hospital? Can we wait it out? It's 3 a.m. in a foreign country. I mean, you know, if we were home, it would be easy to just pop down to the CVS and get some Pedialyte or waltz down to urgent care or mm-hmm. call our pediatrician's emergency, you know, hotline if need be. I mean, we had all these resources at home and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we have nothing. I have no clue. I don't even know where to start. Um, so this was the first time I realized how on our own we were in leaving the country. Right. I think before it was like, ah, it's fine. We travel. We've traveled before. It's not a big deal. And all of a sudden this, it was like, oh, it just got really, really real. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's a that's a pretty bad feeling. It was sure. not a nice feeling. But I think we, we could have gotten help if we needed it. But it would have been stressful. Oh, for sure. Probably. I think we definitely could have gotten help if we needed it. Um, but it was just kind of, you know, a moment where you, it was very humbling to realize how unprepared you were for any sort of sickness or health crisis when we were right. abroad. It was just this, oh gosh, wow. Okay, I guess we're, you know, we kind of suck. Yep. Kids definitely increase your liability as they are just little germy munchkins, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, just look at the number of times we've caught the kids licking the handrails at Disneyland. Oh, man. I mean, or the window on the London Underground or like yep. 
laying on the floor of the London Underground, like inchworming around on the ground. Yep. So back to Charlie. Yeah. I mean, it's no wonder. He had his little stomach bug throughout that night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was fine, by the way. It never, it never tipped into the dangerous zone. Like, right. it was fine. It was gross, but it was fine. Yep. And and we all ended up catching the same stomach bug after him, though. And you got it on the channel tunnel or channel. The channel. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I caught it on the way home. And I. it was in this moment, if it wasn't, you know, with having the hyperemesis when I was pregnant, it was definitely on the channel when I really wished I was a dainty puker. <laughs> but alas, I am not. And I know the entire Eurostar heard my pukes that day. I know we the, did. <laughs> my, we I were know. sitting close to I, the bathroom. I came though. out and you're like, I totally heard you. I'm like, I know, <laughs> I know. I can't, I wish you can't control it. The volume doesn't work when you're in that moment. Right. But if the gut-wrenching pukes wasn't an like enough of an indication, like how bad the stomach bug was. Um, it was when we had gotten off the train and we were at King's Cross and you asked me if I wanted to see the Harry Potter platform nine and three quarters. Ooh. And I said no. And it, it, I still have not seen, I've been to London like five times. I've never seen it. It's okay. It's okay. So uh, anyway, and then I kind of started to feel a little bit better. Yep. And then you got it as we were driving up to the Lake District. Yep, that was our next destination. So imagine this. We just got off the train. We're getting into a rental car. And so we're driving on the wrong side of the road than I'm used to. Quote, right? unquote, wrong side. The yeah. left side of the road. Mm-hmm. And the steering wheel is also on the wrong side of the car. So it's the right side of the car. It's a manual transmission. Okay. Which is a detail that is relevant for this particular story. Otherwise, it wouldn't matter. And we're stuck in heavy traffic outside of Manchester. And I remember looking at you for a Ziploc bag that I knew you had. (laughs) I was like, do you still have that Ziploc bag? And you Mm -mm, just said, mm -mm. no. No, Scott, you will not puke in this car. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously my my moratorium on puking did absolutely nothing. Um, And from there. You can say all you want. It's coming. It's still coming. It doesn't matter what you think. I'm still going to barf. And from there came the moment where we knew we would be together forever. Yeah. I wish it was more romantic than that, maybe. No, it's fine. It's It's it's, a great story. it, it, It stands. It stands on its own. So we're in a decent stop and go traffic. But it wasn't just the bumper to bumper scooching along. You know, there was nowhere to pull over. So mm-hmm. we're all the way all the way over to the right in the fast lane. Right. So, so there's three lanes of cars to my left. And this is the slow down to 10 miles an hour and then speed up to 60 and then back down to 30 and up again. It was all over the place. Yeah. There was no cruising or just scooting along. You had to really pay attention. Probably the worst traffic conditions to become violently ill. And in. use all your limbs to operate the car. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the stomach bug is coming like a freight drain. Yep. And there is nothing we could do but hold on. Hand him a Ziploc. He finally got it. He got a Ziploc. So as Scott was retching, mm-hmm. he was still driving the car. I mean, we didn't have a choice. He had to keep going. Maintaining perfect control. I'll add. It was perfectly safe everything i mean no one could no one was the wiser unless you were in the car with us and so my job was that i would shift so he could manage the steering wheel and the barf bag and the clutch and the gas and the brake so i just shifted for him (laughs) so in between heaves (laughs) i would tell you which gear you needed to be in and then we would you know 
try and coordinate the clutch shift, ease off the clutch, which we did multiple times. I mean, we made it several rounds of the transmission. I mean, first of all, this wasn't just a quick little puke and it's over. I mean, this was a lot, obviously, from what I was talking about being on the Eurostar. It was it was not a quickly resolved it was thing. It was, it was a, a, mean it was a really bug. mean stomach bug. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was like first, second, third, back to second, then to third, then to fourth, fifth, back down to first. I mean, the traffic did not let up and neither did your barfs. Nope. So we did it. We just buckled down and we did it. Never stalled, never nope. jammed the gear shift. Nope. Never it, grinded any gears. Nothing. <laughs> it went, dare I say, beautifully. Absolutely beautifully. Like a, like a symphony. It kind of was. I mean, we sort of had to pay attention. Like, I would have to watch your foot go down on the clutch and kind of know, okay, all right, I'm going to put it in, listen for the engine. Yeah. I mean, it was required a lot of precision, you know, paying Teamwork. attention. Yeah. Yeah. And considering I was still convalescing and trying to not watch you barf right, in my peripheral still, vision. You still could have been triggered. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like in my, I was like kind of like watching your foot move. I was like, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> All right. And then you're like fourth. <laughs> and there's the sound effect. There it Finally is. Finally it comes. Yeah. You all wondered what was going to happen. <laughs> and my favorite moment though was, if you're wondering, so Anna's mom's in the back seat with Charlie in his car seats and she's laughing but she can't help it. And she tells us after everything kind of settles down, she goes, I know I shouldn't laugh, but you guys are amazing. <laughs> that was just amazing. You guys are a great team. Yeah. Solid marriage right there. And done. There it is. You can tell. <laughs> it's like we're going to be together forever. We can get through that. Anyways, uh, it was after this trip that we we really realized that we needed to up our game when it came to being sick abroad. Yeah. So... Up until this point, I had always operated under the policy, my personal policy, obviously, of just keeping a few of our go-to medications and some Band-Aids and a scrappy little tube of Neosporin in my first aid bag when we traveled. The idea being that I'd have enough to get us through until we could get to a pharmacy in whichever mm-hmm. country or place we were staying in. Right. And that's a that's a good idea. Yeah, However. you travel light. I mean, with all these light travel shamers, I felt so much pressure to not bring that much. I was like, okay, right. here's my one little tube of Neosporin. You're not going to judge me for that, <laughs> hipsters, are you? But when we travel, we usually have a full dance card. Yeah. And sometimes we are in locations where a pharmacy isn't <laughs> even readily available. Yeah, that and ph- pharmacies are super quirky abroad. Oh, big time. Oh, my goodness. So, for example, here in the United States, um, most grocery stores have a varied selection of over-the-counter medications. Not so in Europe. Nope. You have to go to the pharmacy counter, you know, walk of shame. It's a whole building. There is no discreet, you're like, hello, I am sick. And then you have to speak to the pharmacist if you want anything that we would consider Mm over-the-counter. You also have to try to speak to them in another language. Yep. Adults have miming and Google Translate. Ooh. Yeah, and even things that aren't considered over the counter, mm-hmm. things that you would find in a Whole Foods. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You got to get there. Whole Foods medicine. I'm doing air quotes here. <laughs> medicine. So that story is we were in rural France. Yep. Oliver, totally different trip. Uh, Oliver got a nasty cough, cough, and he was feeling pretty rotten. And I had run out of our meager supply of, you know, minimalistic first aid kit stuff. And I just thought, okay, I need to 
get something for my son so he can feel better. And so I decided to try my hand at the local French pharmacy. Yep. And the travel fates finally smiled upon us. And we found a pharmacy during the three hours that it was actually open during the day. Mm hmm. So I walk up to the counter and I'm, you know, miming and franglish, you know, my way through describing Oliver's symptoms and his age to the lady. And and to her credit, she was very nice and she nods and then she goes and confers with her colleagues about what to give Ollie. And I'm seriously thinking, yeah, success. I am the world's most savvy traveler. Oliver is going to feel so much better after this. They are picking out some awesome medication for him. Yes. Go France. Woo woo. When the lady comes back and she hands me this potion with both hands, like, mm-hmm. Ooh, yes, I am doing you this. You're going to ma- like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm doing you this major solid and giving you this stuff. So I pay the six euros and I get back to the car and I open I the bag. This. And do you know what it was? Yes, I know. It, it was extract of Ivy. Ivy. I feel like on Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> extract of Llama. <laughs> what? No, ivy, the plant that grows on buildings. No, 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 no. I did not just stand in line at some podunk pharmacy, mime and gesticulate my way through this thing to be given something that I could have just picked off the side of our Airbnb and boiled down for free. Also, it was not going to help. It didn't work. It didn't work. Nope. Didn't help. Didn't work. It was never going to (sighs) work. And the bottle had these little leaves on the front. And I even remember putting it through Google Translate. Um, you know, the, the picture? The the, what's the picture called? Does that have a different name? No, it's just part of Google Google oh. Translate. Okay, anyway. Yeah. And I and I remember thinking, surely no. No, no, no. It's been a mistake. Algorithm's goofy. No, it, it was Ivy. The old house in Paris that was covered with vines of 12 little girls <laughs> in two straight lines. Of, yeah. yeah, kind I know, of Ivy. from Madeline. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it was that kind of Ivy. Yep. Yep, now you know how that house paid for itself. Yeah. Anyway, I'm still mad. I'm still mad about yeah, it. Yeah, I can tell. And yeah. and you know, we learned just to bring enough of our usual medications with us to last mm-hmm. the entire trip after that. Yes, I no like, longer eh. trust the French pharmacy after the Whole Foods Gaia Mother Earth IV incident. <laughs> no, nope. now I plan for the worst case scenario of if we all get sick, I bring enough of our usual medications for us to all be sick the entire time yep. we're away. Yep. And yeah, that was so annoying. I remember we would be driving around trying to find a pharmacy. They would always be closed or they'd be out to lunch or smoke break or something. Yeah, it was France. It was smoke France, break. Yeah. Yep. And then when we finally do find one, oh, they give us some Whole Foods BS. Mm-hmm. And we wasted so much time driving around just trying to get help. It was like, this is just basic help. So yep. I don't even mess with it now. I just bring all our own stuff. So what if my carry-on is a little bit heavier? Hipsters just shove it. Don't care anymore. Wait till you're having to deal with extract of IV. Yeah, and I remember this is one time um, where Oliver had gotten strep throat and you had to give him his antibiotic three times a day when we were on the road. Rural France again, but different trip. Poor Oliver. (laughs) Yeah, poor guy. He always gets sick when we're in France. But yeah, that was not super fun to have to be on vacation and having to remember... With jet lag, you know, how much you were giving him this medication. And Mm -hmm. anyway, I got it just as we were leaving the antibiotic because I just told his doctor, I was like, okay, load me up. We're leaving in under 24 hours. Like, I can't, no, like, let's go. Yeah, we managed to grab it before we left. And we will say that it is really important to have a good relationship with your family physician. So to have someone that you can call in case something goes off while you're abroad, 
communicate with them about where you'll be going and if you need extra medications, just in case. Yes, absolutely. Do not try to figure this stuff out on your own. You have a physician who is there to help you and advise. Yeah, and we've also used the uh, the Teladoc service as well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is like a dial a doctor app um, if your health insurance provides it uh, when we get sick away from home as well. Yes, we haven't used that in a foreign country. Not yet. I, I would be curious to see if there's a type of service like that for expats or tourists. But yes, domestically here in the United States, Teladoc has been great. Yep. It sure beats sitting in an urgent care at 10 p.m. Oh, boy. Yes, it does. And that costs more, too. And the germs. <laughs> so many germs. And to that end, if you're leaving the United States, you should make sure your health insurance covers you while you are abroad. Not all of them do. And you can also buy supplemental policies if need be. Man, I really do wish there was a pause button for this kind of thing. That would be nice. It really would. And it's hard when yourself or someone in your group isn't feeling well, even if it's just a minor cold. Minor colds away from home are the worst. It really, well, you don't have your comforts. Like, you still have to go sightseeing. You still have to do all the things and you just feel terrible. Right, you're up against time. You really are. And that, that that's the case for us. And I think that's part of the reason why we wanted to make this episode is because it's like, it's not like we get to just try again, you know, if yep. everyone's sick. It's like, no, no, this we need to make this count. So here's how we cope. Um, and that's usually why we also bring some kind of stroller with us. If, yep. if the kids aren't feeling well, you can still get out and sightsee if you just bundle them up and off you go. It stinks, but you just paid several thousand dollars to be here. If, you know, it isn't some devastating illness, um, then we're just going to suck it up and go. Yep. Make the best of it. Yeah. And so, mo- so much of it is that these trips are high stakes, you know, and, and we want to mitigate the risk that uh, we might have to sit out some of it. You yeah. know, this goes for us, too. We just power through if we aren't feeling well. Yeah, totally. Our kids have it way better than we do. So <laughs> <laughs> and there's so much out of our control and um and just things that put us at greater risk for getting sick, lack of sleep, germy airplane, germy mass transit, germy museums, <laughs> germy amusement parks, germy everything, germy everything. So we do what we can to try and stay healthy, but sometimes it just isn't going to work. Right. It is a lot easier now to familiarize ourselves with the medical facilities, with the magic of the Internet. Magic of the it Internet. So good. A lot of our learning curve was back when you just had to guess. Or rely on your traditional GPS. Your Tom Tom. Or your Garmin. Your Tom Tom. <laughs> and now we have the security of knowing we could look up a clinic or a hospital if we needed it. Yes. And 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 message boards of people saying like, okay, here's how you, you know, you ask for this or you right. navigate that way. So it's we we keep talking about it, but it really has changed. So it's just important. And um and it isn't something you want to think about when you're on vacation, but let me tell you, it is better to know now than be in a foreign environment, sick and disoriented and knowing nothing about what yep, to do exactly. um, or mama bear and papa bear, you know, your kids are sick and you're like, Whoa, wait, what, what do I do? What you get sick abroad? What? You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> exactly. And in some <laughs> ways we, we probably overprepare when it comes to our health when we travel now, because again, we want to maximize our time yes. and keep ourselves comfortable. Yes. And we have dealt with, Pink eye, influenza, strep throat, stomach bugs, bad ones, obviously. So you just heard mm-hmm. motion sickness, weird knee surgeries, common cold, rando fevers and man colds to know that we do not assume that we are going to get lucky on a trip. Yep. Don't roll the dice. Don't. We would rather be overprepared 
than sucking back ivy extract, wondering where the local urgent care is, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and thankfully, airlines do let you take your own medications with you. And, you know, they're kind of neutral in the liquid realm as well. Yes. And if you are traveling with liquid medication, check the TSA's website for what requirements are needed in terms of what you declare and how you declare it to the agents. Mm-hmm. Personally, I've just found that communicating with the staff like right away, just being like, hey, by the way, everything's a mess and here's all my medication. Yeah. Exactly. What do you want to do? How, how do you want how do you want this done? It, it goes a long way. Yeah. And if you're traveling internationally, double check what their procedures are as well. Yes. We have gotten skunked a few times in the medication department. Um, not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, not like with the liquid medicines and stuff, but like the liquid like in baby bottles they've gotten right. weird about and electronics you know here you can just let your tablet go on through but in some places they want it out and you're just like okay different countries have different policies so right exactly so bottom line research just check and thankfully we have the again magic of the internet so it isn't hard to find out what is and what isn't allowed a little research will go a long way it's just it's good to be prepared rather than being reactive rather than just constantly reacting when you are traveling you are alone and you're isolated and there's just you feel very very vulnerable and we feel better when we go into these situations with as much information as we possibly have Mm -hmm. um, or could have so just advocate for yourself I found that out traveling after my knee surgery you know being like yes I would like a wheelchair please can you fill the Ziploc bag with ice and and talk to your doctor if you're traveling and you need a more comprehensive pain control plan. People can't read your mind. So unless you are flying first class, you are going to have to speak up for yourself. Yeah, I remember. So one time I had to go through a lot of extra security and security screening when we were coming home from Spain. Mm-hmm. And you read the riot act to the security agent in uh, Chicago uh-huh. Airport. I did. Yeah. I did. I'm a little embarrassed when I think about it now, but... They had taken you away for the second time. Mm-hmm. The first time was in Madrid, uh, the second time in O'Hare, and never explained to us what was going on. And I was exhausted and jet lagged. I had two kids who were freaked out, wondering where their dad went. Mm-hmm. And I was not even a year post off at post op, and I had just fractured my tibia. So I just straight up told the TSA agent, I was like, "Hey, you took my husband away. I'm handicapped. Like you're going to have to help me with the kids in the bags." And so did she do it? She did. I think she <laughs> saw she didn't have a choice. Yeah. Um, you want the line to keep moving? You need to step in, honey. You got to help me. <laughs> you, I mean, you took away my help. So yep. what are what, what are we going to do here? You're like, you've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old and me who is useless. Like, come on. So you just have to stand up for yourself when this kind of thing happens. Unfor- yeah. It's unfortunate. but Yeah, it is unfortunate when you're feeling your worst. And you have to speak up for yourself the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But going into it prepared is so much better than the alternative. Absolutely. And more often than not, people are willing to help you out. They yep. really are. So we have several stories of the kids projectile barfing on either an airplane or on a train. And then the attendants rushing in with odor neutralizing powder and towels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm wondering, should we share the barf story on the train? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. So Oliver, bless him. Charlie. No, it was Oliver. Oh, it was Oliver? It was Oliver. Oh, yeah, it was Oliver. We, uh, and this will probably be a div- another this podcast. This was Oliver's trip. Nope. Uh, this was, we were going with our friends. We were doing the Iberian Blitz. And we will probably do a podcast, another The Worst, on this, something that happened on this trip. But anyway, um, we had gotten stuck in England 
our flight connecting flight to Paris had vanished out of thin air. And so we were taking the Eurostar across. Oliver had gotten super sick and we were in like business class or first class on the train. Mm-hmm. And Oliver was like eating all the strawberry yogurt that the attendants kept giving him. And those cute yep. little glass jars mm-hmm. that I saved because they were so cute. And the rocking of the train and the yogurt and mm. it all came out. Strawberry yogurt. And uh, it landed on the I think they the get the seat. picture now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> landed on the seat. Just as a parent, like you just have to realize how like completely help. You're like, oh my gosh, this is the most disgusting thing that's ever happened. There's literally nothing I can do to help this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, the attendants rushed in with the powder and the towels. And the guy was really, really sweet because I was very embarrassed. So he's yep. like, it happens to everyone. It's fine. Like, See, I, know, it's funny. I know it doesn't happen to everyone, but thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> See, and it's funny. I, I thought you were talking about the time that I think Charlie barfed on the uh, Paris Metro. Oh, yeah, that was bad, too. Yeah. We have so many stories. We don't need to keep going into yeah, them. Yeah, that was bad. Anyway, I the moral of the story is I need to get my hands on that odor neutralizing powder. I need it. I don't know where you can find it. Any flight attendants listening who could tell me, email clusterfusttravel at gmail.com. Exactly. I'd love to know. Can you get on Amazon? Yeah, exactly. So then that thing would then make your first aid bag complete. It would it? be complete. I have my big fold-out toiletry bag full of our medications and first aid supplies. Yeah, we call it your portable ambulance. Thermometers to chafing cream. We're done taking a chance with misery when we travel. And speaking of thermometers, I do use this amazing app at home and abroad called Kinza. And no, they're not paying us. Yeah, they're not. It'd be nice if they did, but they're not. Uh, It's this health tracking app that allows you to have different user family profiles and you can chart everyone's symptoms and temperatures and it just sits on my phone and I can manually enter the information in when we travel. Right. Versus the thermometer that you have at home that pairs to the app via Bluetooth. Yes. So when we travel, I just carry a very simple oral thermometer. Um, But the app is a great way to keep up with how everyone is doing. If you are dealing with multiple people being sick and with jet lag and Everyone's confused. It's just a great way to have it all nicely organized. Yeah, exactly. The name of the game is those little steps you take out that provide peace of mind. It's just like water torture of little drips when you're wondering, when did that fever start? Where is that clinic? Why did it even come on this trip? (laughs) (laughs) Those start to add up over time. It's smart just to get a jump on them and not be figuring it out when you or someone else gets sick. Yes, that's very true. And we have learned all these lessons the hard way. So we now come as prepared as we can and even prepared for the idea that we might be host. Yep. And that is just travel. Life still happens and it gets trickier and in unfamiliar environments. We do what we can to pad those risks and hope for the best. Mm -hmm. So that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. And we hope we didn't gross you out too much with our barf stories. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe we should have added that to our disclaimer at the beginning. (laughs) Warning, puke stories ahead. (laughs) So if you are a traveler, you've got a puke story now. I have faith our listeners can handle it, though. Mm -hmm. So please click 
download, like, and subscribe, or as we like to say, do all the things that tells the internet you like our stuff. Yes, and we don't rely on SEO, which is why our content rocks. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so we don't do that for exposure. So it is not an exaggeration when we say that we rely on our readers and listeners to help get this stuff out there. The likes, the reviews, the subscribes, it all helps. And thank you so much for your support. Yep, and check out our website at clusterfusstravel.com for all the merch, blog, and podcast stuff you could possibly want. And follow us, and by us, I mean Anna, on Facebook and Instagram. The merch store is well worth checking out. If you like seeing those photos of our kids in their black and white sweatshirts with the French phrases, pop on over to the store and get one for yourself. We also have some mugs and bags that are also pretty stylish as well. And even though our kids lick the handrail of the Paris Metro whenever they hear us <laughs> say it, this is the Clustercast, That's a, a filterless one. podcast on family travel. Thanks. So long, everyone. Bye.